0: Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the White on Rice Podcast. I'm Yevang. I'm David Crab, And in today with us we have Emily Pritchard. She's the CEO of The Socialites. And how would you describe what you guys do at The Socialites?
1: Sure. Thanks for having me guys. Welcome.
2: We're glad you're here. Yeah.
1: Um, so The Socialites we're a social media agency based here in Minneapolis. Um, We provide uh, holistic social strategy, community management, content production, paid activations Mm -hmm. uh, for brands that are pretty big. Um, We mainly focus on the enterprise, so So that's our specialty.
2: A brand hires you out and says, like, comprehensively take over our social, or they can just say take over this campaign or run this campaign? Just sort of the whole gamut.
1: Or either. Yeah. Uh, We have a really flexible model, so we can scale to the size of an organization and kind of plug in where they need us most. So it's pretty adaptable and flexible compared to kind of agencies of the past or traditional Mm. agencies have one way of operating um when it comes to their partners
2: question have you guys done much with myspace are you like do you have a lot of my (laughs) (laughs) a lot of myspace questions that's
1: funny we actually went on a team retreat and we had a social media graveyard slide oh really
0: Um, what what was on there yep you've
1: got myspace um you've got like yelp isn't dead but yeah
0: might as well be should be we our, our team just had this huge uh discussion about should we respond back to yelp reviews mm. mm-hmm. or google mm-hmm. reviews mm-hmm. and right away we we're all like screw them i don't and, yeah and then well it's here's the deal that a week later like well literally today marshall our ceo we like sat he's like hey can i talk to you for a few minutes i'm like, sure dude and then right before we was leaving the meeting he's like hey i've been kind of like thinking about this and i was like I, you know like one of those moments when you wake up at five in the morning and you're like okay you know and it comes to you and he goes i think we should respond back to them and i'm like yeah, dude, I was totally thinking that, too. So, like, no. we were on oh, the same yeah. way. And especially the nice ones. There's some Yes, really like, thank go- you for coming. Yeah, like, yeah, thanks yeah, for okay. coming. Some really good. There's one where it's like, mm. you know, we come here every week, and that is, like, the brightest moment in my week or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. we have those. But then we have some really tough ones, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, Ones where it's like, let's talk about this, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we, I say that there's like basically three categories they fall in. One of them is about pricing, one of them is about user experience, and then the other one is usually about stuff where it's like out of our control, mm-hmm. you know, so those are the three kinds we the get. The Negative, uh, negative yeah, yeah, I say. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm so.
1: glad you came around, because I was going to provide mm-hmm. the alternative point of view, What's which is thing? Thing? one thing that makes social so special is when you read the comments. Uh, we live in a world yeah. where nobody wants to read the comments, mm-hmm. because... That's how you engage in a conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our point of view is we would encourage you to read the comments. We would Mm -hmm. encourage you to use positive or negative feedback as an opportunity to enhance the customer experience, whether that's making a good experience even Mm -hmm. better and putting Mm -hmm. that personal touch on it or looking for the opportunity in like, Hey, that feedback didn't feel very good, but Mm -hmm. how can we change that experience for you next time? How can we welcome Mm -hmm. you back in and turn you into one of our our most loyal and passionate fans, Mm -hmm. followers, patrons, Mm -hmm. um, just simply by acknowledging and listening to them Mm -hmm. um, and providing a solution? So So
0: basically turning a frown upside down. Turning a frown upside down.
2: Turning a frown upside (laughs) down. My question what counts as social? Like, do you count Yelp as social media? Like,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, social is based in a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, it goes back to anything that you can respond to. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you think of like a TV commercial, a Mm -hmm. radio ad, a billboard, those are one way communication Mm -hmm. points. Um, You as a consumer can't engage. You can't leave a comment. You can't share that with your friend. You could whip out your phone and take a picture. Probably wouldn't recommend that while driving. Yes. Um, but yeah, social, anything that <laughs>
0: you've done have that in- before. I was like, I feel like you have.
1: <laughs> it happens. And there's actually ways that those platforms are evolving now, right? To be more social. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's changed and what's evolved is social has really become at the forefront of how we think of modern day marketing mm. rather than at the end of, oh, just go put that on social. Just stick Mm -hmm. it on there um, and let people see it or scroll through it Mm -hmm. on their feed. Um, Now it's really like an entryway into are you looking for a job? Mm -hmm. Are you looking to provide feedback? Are you looking to meet somebody? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, you could go as far as saying dating apps are social. Mm. Right? Like this is a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so as in our world, as modern marketers, you need to be ahead of the game and you need to be leading mm-hmm. your clients and brands through mm-hmm. where's the future going and what is metaverse mm-hmm. and how is this uh. going to impact society? <laughs> Ooh,
2: <the> metaverse. <laughs> is, are, 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 most, are most brands hiring you to like like essentially focus on a couple of core like Facebook, into Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever, or something like that? Is that sort of the TikTok
1: uh, TikTok. TikTok yes,
2: sure. absolutely. Yes. TikTok, TikTok is the
1: platform, right? I think it surpassed um, all app downloads in 2021.
2: It
3: did, and
1: was one of the most searched. Um, wow, it outbeat Google in search. Um, so yeah, it outbeat TikTok. Google? Yeah, TikTok is not to be slept on.
2: Oh wow,
0: crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, we,
2: we should we should start releasing our um, podcast episodes in one-minute increments. It's, it's only one minute, right? Is that the most uh, well, you can it's do? 30
0: seconds, one minute, and three minutes. Bro, okay. come on, man. Here we Look go. That.
2: This geriatric <laughs> millennial is not yeah. so geriatric after <laughs> I all. I didn't identify as a boomer, <laughs> but, you know.
0: So, Emily... Here, here's something like for me to to get my brain to work. I like break down categories, right? Mm -hmm. So you have um, social media, you know, Mm -hmm. which is what you guys do. You have digital marketing and then you have like ad companies, you know, like Mm -hmm. advertisement, you know, company. How would you split those three up or do you think they all intertwine together?
1: There's definitely a connected ecosystem of partners, Mm -hmm. right? And I think what's happening in our... Agency world Mm -hmm. is that people are getting more specialized. As you go more omni channel, there's more places, more platforms, Mm -hmm. more ways to engage. Being specialized in a specific area gives you an advantage to say, hey, we don't do digital marketing, we don't build websites, Mm -hmm. we don't optimize your SEO, but we do social media and that in and of itself is plenty to bite off. Some people mm-hmm. go as far to say, I do Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not that granular and that specialized, mm-hmm. but that is part of our offering.
0: Mm-hmm. So before we like dig deep into that, I just want to know more about you. Like how yeah. did you get here? Yeah, I mean, yeah. By the way, when I read your resume and looked at all the stuff and like how you st- started socialites like 11 years ago or is it mm-hmm. 10 years ago yeah and like i did the math on that and i was like man what was i doing when i was like 23 i was exactly, like exactly yeah i was Good like you. hopping <laughs> from couch to couch <laughs> at my buddy's place i literally slept under one of my like my buddy had a basement i slept under the stairs in this basement oh wow And i could feel I never knew this yeah yeah, yeah. no because i was just like couch surfing and I could it's like Harry
2: Potter style man
0: well here's the worst thing I could feel the night like sometimes the mice would come out and like walk over me and I could feel them Sometimes. Wow. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, we have mice down there sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I felt it.
2: And at the same age you were starting a company. Yeah. Yeah. For well,
1: I, w- I was starting a company, but don't over glam it. I was also living in a basement, oh, uh, in a okay. rental house yeah. with five of my friends. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a door. I had a nice curtain yeah. and we oh. had a little knock system just in case anybody would knock walk on the down. curtain. Yeah. <laughs> well, knock on the wall yeah. before you walk before in. Before you rip open case. the curtain. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <ocupado. laughs> (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I think that's actually something that, um, was really interesting for me to experience Mm -hmm. and starting a company and being an entrepreneur. And there's definitely so much hype these yep. days yeah. around hustle culture yep. and really you know better than anyone that when you know we're 100% bootstrapped as a company yep. uh, and you have to put in the hours you got to put in the time mm-hmm. and your life is not that glamorous for so a while no investment I would say it's probably still not that glamorous you
2: bootstrapped it completely no investment or no no investment wow no. Mm-hmm. so that's great
0: graduated college st. Thomas st. Uh, Thomas yeah roll Tommy's yeah, yeah. Real yeah. <laughs> graduated college uh, and your degree was business, right, or was it?
1: Yeah. So I had an interesting experience in college. So I went to Saint Thomas, knowing I wanted to major in entrepreneurship specifically. Okay. There aren't that many programs around the country that have that as an offering. Mm. Um, and then I was a marketing major in okay. addition to that. But I took my first marketing classes and was like, "Hmm, this feels a little behind." Yeah. Um, we were like ripping out magazine. Mm-hmm magazines pages and like paper? studying them. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> we had paper. Look yeah. at this a- excellent copy from Eddie Bauer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> magazine. L. L. Bean. Let's go. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. I specifically remember a Ray Bans, uh, oh. ad, and I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this major. And it wasn't because marketing's bad, but it was just, mm-hmm. they were behind. Mm-hmm. So I switched to business communications and then I also am from a family business. So that was kind of my third degree.
2: You grew up where, by the way, we
1: I grew up in rural Iowa in a little town called Brit.
2: Brit. Yes. Cool. And Brit
1: is actually known for something. What,
2: what's it known for?
1: It's known for hosting the National Hobo Convention.
2: actual Like actual Every, like,
0: hobos? Yeah. Oh. Actual hobos. Like I call my friends hobos. So how, you know?
2: how does that no, work? No, this is a real yeah. It's people community. who self-identify as hobos? Yes. Oh. Yeah.
1: Wow. And for over okay. like 150 years, the second week of August – they have is been it, gathering in my hometown. There? Yes, it is still there. It's
2: a real boon to the tourist, or I guess yeah. it's not a real boon
0: to the tourist so, industry. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions that. that one. This always goes down a rabbit yeah, hole. Right. Here go. Who organizes it? Like I would think that the no organization, you know? Like, just you know what I'm saying? Is there like a national <laughs> hobo organization? There
1: is. It's called the National Hobo Convention. Wait, um and so within the town there's a hobo museum. And there's a hobo jungle, which is where everybody stays when they come to town. A hobo Um,
0: jungle? What? Yeah. Okay.
1: And there's a lot of rituals around, like the opening ceremonies. There's um, a huge parade and a carnival. Is this... Um, They actually crown... There's a coronation where they Uh, crown a hobo king and a hobo queen every year.
2: Dang. Um, Is this like, like... what's the scale 25 people or a thousand people? Like how many, wh- wh- how many people come to this? Well, many- Brit
1: as a community is less than 2000. Pe- people. Yeah. yeah the
2: same um, but grew.
1: this is a spike. So this is also the time of year when everyone has their class reunions, mm-hmm. people come home, um, <laughs> It's a big community gathering. The Hobo Days.
0: (laughs) I love it. Hobo Days. And uh, some (laughs) of the people who come home are hobos. Yeah. I (laughs) kind of want to go. We need to do
2: like a live podcast recording there from the Hobo Convention. (laughs)
1: Honestly, Vice did a documentary on it. I'll share it with you. No way. Fascinating. Yeah.
2: That's that's right
0: up Vice's Alley, though. It
1: is. uh, Yeah. They like ride the rails and everything. They they got some weird
2: documentaries.
0: So, 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 yeah. So, how do you, how do you identify, like, what, how do you define a hobo? Like, that's,
1: I'm not actually really sure anymore. Would you say
2: if someone who lives under the stairs of a home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, age 22,
0: at age 22. 22.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it's actually really, it is a culture and it is people who wanted to ride trains around. Um, yeah. I know it's evolved over time and people... Yeah roll in the so city, corporate. and they're like, you know, Winnebago's and their yeah, RVs. Yeah. And you're like, that's huh, not real hobo, but there are like, uh, um, like this
0: hobo is sponsored by Mercedes, <laughs> yeah. hobos and Teslas,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but actually, one of the most famous hobos is from here in Minneapolis, Minneapolis no, okay. Jewel, yes,
2: Minneapolis Jewel,
1: that's her name, that's her hobo name, yeah. Oh,
0: what, um, what would be your hobo name, dude?
2: <sighs> Am I allowed to say? I don't know. You have to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure.
1: Just think about it. We'll ask
2: it Yeah, ask it the show. That's a cool but fact yeah. though.
1: Yeah. So grew up in a small town yeah. in rural north central Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the difference about what people think about small towns is like there's nothing to do. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what do you do in a small mm-hmm. town? Um and actually you do everything because yeah. the town is completely interdependent on yeah. the people who live there, work there. Mm-hmm and they do all of their shopping there and yep. you know you there's a huge um community vibe around like the sports of the town yep. and Friday yep. night yep. football Friday yeah yeah um just everybody helping each other out mm-hmm. there's a spirit of generosity um and i think that's something that like was really important to me and my family growing up mm-hmm. is just having like that mindset that it's more than just you existing with your family and what you yeah. have going on it's about like everybody working together and
2: um yeah. what yeah. What led you then to, you know, say I want to go to college and major in entrepreneurship, right? You're not growing yeah. up in the valley or New York. I mean you're you're in a you're in a small town. What led mm-hmm. you to think yeah, I want and to start? Especially coming in
0: St. Thomas too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, um, so I grew up in a family business, car dealerships. Oh, oh
0: yeah. That's where the nice.
2: sales comes in. <laughs> what yep, sort? What it. sort of car?
1: Um, all American makes and models. Nice. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. Yep. So my dad mm-hmm. is just a serial entrepreneur mm-hmm. and grew like one dealership into like a national and international enterprise. Oh, awesome. wow. And I think, you know, we're, we're a business family. So at the dinner table every night, um, my mom worked in the family business. Mm-hmm. We were, I grew up in a showroom basically and like mm-hmm. on car lots wow. and doing all the things and did working on the you have to like the wash job. the cars and stuff? Like oh that? yeah. Was that you? Yeah. I was a detailer. I mowed the lawns. I did everything uh inventory on my christmas breaks oh, um wow. and
0: Do you, yeah siblings Do you have any siblings yes okay. i'm the
1: third of four in my family okay. so we were all hands on deck
2: Okay. My, uh, my, my grandpa owned a Chrysler dealership Okay, nice. and then he did a, uh, he did a company called FMG conversion vans. You remember those huge conversion vans uh-huh. with like uh, the, the um, TV? curtains, oh. the curtains yeah, in yeah. the windows <laughs> and stuff, you know, yes. he sold those too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, my memory of him is always having, I asked him later as an adult what, how much it was, but he always had, this is kind of more pre, I guess we've been 60s, 70s, 80s, but he always had about five, he said it was 5,000, but a thousand to $5,000 cash in his pocket. He oh, would walk wow. around the dealership. He was like it was like a cash kind of like society sort of thing. That was, mm-hmm. that was the one memory I have of him. It's a it's a fun it's a fun world.
1: It is a it's fun a world. world. Yeah. Um. So when I decided what do I want to do when I go to college and where do I want to go? Yeah. Um. My aunt had gone to St. Thomas. Okay. And oh. I was one of our my twenty eight cousins that like bit mm. I toured campus. I loved it. Um, I really wanted to play volleyball. So right. I had the opportunity to both study what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and be a student athlete and play volleyball. And that was an awesome experience. Um, I really enjoyed like I'm kind of a book nerd and I loved school. So it was a great experience. Just diving into all of those things, as well as just living in a city for the first time. Like, that yeah, was new.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's new. Yeah. You're like, so no here. hobos
0: here. <laughs> all
2: right. The year that you are graduating, so what What year was that? I'm trying to place this social media Graduating wise. high school or college? No, college.
1: Uh, 2011. Okay. okay. So mm-hmm. that's
2: like peak Facebook? Is that what that is? Yeah. Instagram
1: yeah. had just launched. This is yeah. when, like, Coca-Cola was on Facebook as your friend.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, so this
1: yeah. is prior to, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. They're just adding friends. Boom, uh-huh. <laughs> boom. Yep, yep. I love it. And this was also, wait, no, never mind. Because uh, I was like, I was trying to think, I'm like, was this like when Facebook was only college kids only?
1: So when we were, we, I'll we, we, just talk to yeah, us yeah. the same generation. When yeah, we yeah. were in high school, right, 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. that is when um, Facebook was launched as more of just a college mm-hmm. community. Yeah, I and was... Had just started getting into high schools then. So it was very yeah. much pockets, right? You connected remember, with all of the people at your high I've, school and.
0: Yeah, my freshman year of college, uh, my buddy. From he went to Iowa State and he goes, hey, there's this thing called Facebook. He emailed it to me. You got to go on here and he email use- it to you. I love that. Hey, yeah, no, 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 no. Like he, did. he emailed it to me. He says, you got to go on here, and then you have to use your edu yep. email. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, what is it? it at that point, it was the Facebook. Yeah, and he goes, it's called the Facebook. And I started looking into it. I'm like, this thing's never gonna catch. Like I remember thinking that. I'm like, this is so dumb. I don't know why I'm doing this. I remember the first. I
2: don't know if it was a friend that I made or a page mm-hmm. that I liked. I don't know if that came later. But my first like follow was um, Olive Garden Breadsticks. That's the first <laughs> thing that I ever, it <laughs> was like produce content, you know, yeah. the, <laughs> Gen Z kids listening to this and like, oh, people. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, we should probably stop. <laughs> <laughs> <They're> like,
0: <laughs> I remember using a pencil too.
3: All right. So
2: you and you had a business partner, right? Yes. So you, did, yep. you guys tell us like how you sort of thought of this idea and like conceived of the business you wanted to start.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were both actually doing social media research projects yeah. um, on our own. So I was working with a medical device company. She was working with a real estate group, and we were friends since freshman year. Mm-hmm. And both were studying entrepreneurship and had pitched business plan competitions mm-hmm. together. So we were just throwing ideas back and forth of like, "Well, what are you seeing? What am I seeing?" And um, we're like, "Hey, we think that there's something there. Like, we actually mm-hmm. think people could." pay us to consult with them. So we got a couple of small projects and um, part of your capstone course when you study entrepreneurship at St. Thomas is you pitch a business. So you spend the whole um, semester writing your business plan, going out and doing market research to build the best pitch that you can to actually pitch it to investors. So we're like, hey, we don't really feel like there's jobs calling us right now. Mm -hmm. We think that we could Actually, build a business plan that we could run when we graduate. Yeah. So we went and got Tiffany's Sports Lounge. If you've heard oh, of it,
2: yes, <laughs> Tiffany's Sports Lounge. I don't know it's that It's
1: the St. Thomas yeah. Bar uh, oh. over in Highland Park. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yes, we had been frequenting there mm-hmm. our college years,
0: <laughs> studying. It's a study. study. It was a yes, study. Yes. Exactly. Market research. We have market research. Yes. Library extension. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um. So they had a thing called Thursdays at Tiff's, and. Oh every like underclassman was like I want to go to Thursdays at Tiff's so bad but by the time we were upperclassmen mm-hmm. and we could go we were 21 um it the 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 group had moved right everybody was going to plums there's kind of like mm. this neighborhood <laughs> rivalry about like where people go on Thursday nights and we were bummed so we went to Tiff's we approached the owner we were like hey how are those Thursday nights going He's like pretty rough. I'm gonna cut my DJ, and I'm not gonna run a shuttle anymore to St. Thomas, and we're not gonna have bouncers. And so we saw our friends potentially losing their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were the ones that worked there on Thursday nights. So we're like, what if we used Facebook events, which was real big <laughs> oh, at the time?
2: yeah,
0: oh Facebook events <laughs> created invite I people. I hated the maybe button. Yeah, on there. Uh, yeah. My buddies, when we do that, they go like, maybe. I'm like, I'm gonna punch you in the throat because it's <laughs> Friday night. I know you're not going anywhere yeah. because we're friends, and I know you're not doing anything. So Did you maybe me? Yeah, sorry.
1: Nope, (laughs) that's that's exactly right, though. So, basically, like Facebook events became the online version of like where's everybody gonna be?
3: Yep. Mm. Um,
1: so we created themed nights every Thursday, we helped them craft drink specials. What were some of the themed nights you guys had? Uh, breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. Oh. So we started breakfast Brilliant. at midnight.
3: Oh. Um, so,
1: what was interesting about all of our tactics, we did like beer pong competitions earlier in the night, mm-hmm. was to get people to the bar earlier and yeah. get them to stay longer. Because the that's how up. they would yeah, make, make their money. money. Yeah. Um, and so after that semester, we had revived Thursdays at TIFFs. We had this case study where we got paid to actually like put on all of these events. Um, and then we just started building our little roster of clients and said, we're going to go do this.
0: Wow! So when you started, did you guys go, we have an idea. We want to call it the Social Lights, or was this you guys just started and then eventually like the company name came and. Yeah. The name
1: was actually the brainchild of my business partner. Um, so in the early days she had been like sitting on that name and was like, okay, Mm. like this is the name that I've got. And we ran with it and it, it worked really Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. for what we're doing. And it's been catchy and really fun to have ever since then.
0: At that time, did, was there, was there a category for the idea of like social media, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Do you know what I'm saying cuz like I feel mm-hmm. like
0: that that word that name had has evolved in the last, you yeah. know, 10 11 years. It has evolved yeah. for
1: sure. Um I think there's a lot more context and like mm-hmm. we're we're not mature as an industry but we're mm-hmm. maturing. We're getting mm-hmm. to a place where most people understand what social media is now. But at the time, people didn't realize the the business angle mm-hmm. of these platforms. It was very consumer forward. You were connecting mm-hmm. with your friends and family, you were sharing Albums and pictures yeah. from all of your experiences. Yeah. Yes. Um. Some people were confused, like, what is Twitter and yeah. how are people using that? And mm-hmm. then when Instagram came about, everyone was like, "Oh, this is cool. It's I'm like, a photographer yeah. now." Oh. So I, just, I think the
2: reason that I loved Instagram is like it's it's like social media, but without the art viewing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without the negativity, Facebook was starting to become more and more just like people posting articles and arguing about it and Instagram was like, oh, it's just like pretty pictures. I like yeah. that. Now they're that's arguing there too. I like the food. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah.
1: Very aspirational. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So do you I, I have a question about Facebook. Do you sure. do you, okay. is Facebook dead? Do you <laughs> think
0: it's done? Yeah. And you speak for everyone by the way. <laughs> it's just, your opinion. We're gonna, we're gonna your quote opinion. you. No skin.
1: Facebook is the largest reaching social network. Yes, mm-hmm. um, There's a lot of power in the platform that they've built. And mm-hmm. with Meta now mm-hmm. being the parent yes. company.
3: <laughs> yes. um, yeah,
2: pardon me. I don't mean to say Facebook. I meant to say Meta. You right? want to say
3: Meta.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, we, well, that's what
3: we
1: meant that's was, a different, what we meant that's was a different question.
0: Meta. Yeah. Yes, Mark Zellweger, um, if you're listening to us right now.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think it's dead. Like these things are happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are living in the Metaverse when we spend five or six hours on zoom every day Mm -hmm. um, or teams or whatever Mm -hmm. platform that you're using or when you're FaceTiming people. Mm -hmm. um, And so, you know, our point of view is that like, it's not dead, it's changing. And Mm -hmm. the way that people are using it are changing. The value it brings to people are changing. Um, there's tons of rules and regulations and misuse of the platforms that we need to be really mindful of. Mm-hmm. But in terms of it being dead, um, it's it's not, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what they were saying about TV and TV not dead. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. evolving and it's becoming streaming and yep. um, you'll just continue to see the platforms evolve over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I wouldn't count Facebook out, but I mm-hmm. think um, as the platforms all grow and become more sophisticated, they'll all reach their own challenges and breaking points and then they'll iterate and the next thing will happen. And there's going to be more platforms that emerge, right? Like TikTok mm-hmm. actually turned four years old this year.
2: That's crazy. Oh, yeah. But How do you get back the, because obviously Facebook faces the problems of like regulation or Apple's privacy stuff that, I mean, yep. there's all those, but there's also this intangible, like, coolness factor or like cultural cachet, you know, that like mm-hmm. it feels like TikTok has now, but just Facebook like used to have and doesn't now. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get the moxie back? You know, if you if you were like consulting, Kick with know, yeah. you know, <laughs> what I you know, you know, what
1: I think people just use that... Right? Yeah. Right? Yep. So I think reasons right use you for have your you right you I think your really right? So is when what yeah. really hurt Facebook is when the boomer generation joined, right? <laughs> it really turned some of the younger generation out, But yeah. then they were finding their own niche in Snapchat mm-hmm. yeah. and in TikTok and other ways. And so you'll start to see audience demographics shift. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, I mean, some, some audiences and some brands are seeing their following go yeah. down, right? They're seeing... Um, attrition uh, because our audiences are going elsewhere. I don't think that means Facebook is dead. I think it's attracting a different audience now. So Mm -hmm. you just have to be mindful of like, what are you after in being Mm -hmm. on the platform personally? Mm -hmm. And then like as a business owner Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, Where do you want to go and find your community and build your community and what we call social capital, Mm -hmm. um, which is really like what transforms into brand equity. Mm -hmm. And is like how people think about you Mm. as a brand or you as a company and your place in their lives and in the world.
2: Yeah. What sort of I'm interesting. I'm interested because I guess we. I mean, you can share more with us, but you and I were talking before you arrived. I mean, from just articles reading, I mean, you have some big brands here as Mm -hmm. clients. General mm-hmm. Mills, it's, I think you've worked with Netflix, Target, Echolab. Yeah. How do you, what, um, how do you think about representing these brands and building that social capital when you're, I, I have to imagine you feel also like a lot of, I don't know what the word is, pressure or even constraint externally from them as well about how you're, it feels like it's a big deal. In many ways you're like representing this brand to, you know, kind of the world and they're, mm-hmm. but you know, you're you're doing it from your own consultancy firm.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, you know, doing social from a business perspective, we've been doing it, um, for 11 years. So Mm -hmm. it's really our comfort zone and where we play best. So our team's really comfortable being in the platforms and publishing content on behalf of brands and building their strategies and executing it. Um, it it feels really natural to us. Mm -hmm. I mean. They call us digital natives for a reason, right? We yeah. grew up with phones, grew up. Yeah. We got phones in high school, probably.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nokia, but, the block, yeah. Yeah. Nokia with fro- uh, yeah. snake on it. Yeah. Yeah. But Sorry. I mean,
1: this next generation of talent is so creative. Mm. Um, they are creating things in yeah. like 3D elements. Um, yeah. They're mixing and matching content together. When you think of the impact that socialists had on Food yep. and where people source their recipes yep. and where they find inspiration. When you think about fashion, when you think about sports, when you think about the music industry,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lil
1: Nas was the yep. first yeah. and shortest Billboard hit that came from TikTok. TikTok, mm-hmm.
2: TikTok is kind of essentially shaping the top one hundred now. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it shapes culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for us, we are really at the forefront of that, and mm. we. Um, We are a whole group of people. Like one person can't keep up with everything, right? right? I'm not the best person even to be sitting here and talking you through all of these ins Mm -hmm. and outs. Like I would point you to the best person on my team. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, because we have this community of people who are thinking about social and living in the platforms every day, Mm -hmm. we give that knowledge to each other. We talk about what's going on. We talk about the good and the bad of things, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But we hold both. We hold like, hey, this can be used as a platform for good and we need to acknowledge that there's some people who are going to misuse it there yeah. are some things that are not going to be okay you have to find your boundaries you have mm-hmm. to find your comfort zone as um, a person and then in our space it's our profession
3: yeah um so yeah. this is what
1: we do we're we're modern marketers and mm. anyone who's going to be in marketing or be in business mm-hmm. um, needs to have a general understanding of the impact that mm-hmm. these platforms can mm-hmm. have
0: so kind of um taking a couple steps back, kind of, I, I kind of just want to make that connection. So you, you know, like 11 years ago, you guys kind of started socialites working, you know, at Tiffany's doing the, just doing that, which I love hearing that story. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like we had our Tiffany moments, you mm-hmm. know, where it was just like, we came in with the little, like, I thought it was the most, I thought it was the coolest thing when we had enough money to buy our own 10 by 10 tent. Mm-hmm. Do you know <laughs> yeah. so that we didn't have to borrow one of our friends and keep going yeah. to like yeah. his restaurant and picking it up mm-hmm. we had our own i remember that i still remember the day it came in from amazon i'm like oh my gosh we have our own now mm-hmm. and we can go set up in a little corner somewhere and we can you know start grilling meat sticks you know and whatever you mm-hmm. know so that like for us that was like our tiffany moment i guess mm-hmm. for, for you guys how did you go from there and then like as you develop and grew like how did you pick up all these big clients that you guys have, like national, international kind of, you mm-hmm. know, brands. Like, yeah. y- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just love hearing these stories mm-hmm. of just that hustle, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, I guess I want to connect that a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um. So... When we started out, we just got kind of onesie choosy clients. Yep. And then as we got bigger, we started working with groups of clients, right? Like franchises. Mm-hmm. So that was the next level up. You're working with more companies, more people. Um, and actually, one of the turning points was we got asked to go on a road tour with a really big company. Cool. And they wanted us to go, Right. And we're like, we have a business to run now. We have other clients. But it was the moment that we learned we had to clone ourselves. We had Mm -hmm. to train people. And Mm -hmm. we built a training program around um, how to develop and empower other people to do and follow the processes Mm -hmm. and the systems that we had been doing for multiple Mm -hmm. years. um, But like actually articulate what Mm -hmm. is that and how do you do it? Because I think what's so interesting about our business is actually we're developing and pioneering what a career in social media can look Absolutely. like. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's the difference. And we've always been passionate about that because mm. it doesn't exist or it's very fragmented and how mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so I would say that that yeah. tour was kind of a moment of wow. how do we grow outside of just the small group yeah. of us, like us and a couple interns. Yeah. And then, um, we lost a pitch, actually. So this happens, huh. right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, uh, it was our first pitch we ever did in advertising. It's like, they put you through the ringer. Yep. They ask you for all of this paperwork. We're scrambling. We don't have half of the things. Yep. So not only are we, like, responding, but we're, like, reactively getting all of the things that yeah. they need to do. And <laughs> yeah. we haven't even won the pitch yet. Uh, we made it to the finals. We, like, yeah, we're so excited about the opportunity. And then we got the no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that yeah. was, like... Such a punch in the gut. Um, but we gave it a couple days and we're like, you know what? What we pitched to them, we should just do it anyway. Mm. Um, because there's going to be another company that's going to want what they have. And we just got to get ahead of it now. So we spent like three months building out this social media training program. Uh, we had 16 students come in from all across the country. Mm. And that was the moment where we, I feel like, turned a corner and became like a real
0: Mm. business like this is
1: substantial like we've gone through proof of concept this is something that we Mm -hmm. like know the market wants and needs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're just going to produce it for them um and then from there that's actually what's attracted a lot of our enterprise clients Mm -hmm. is the sophistication that goes into doing what we do and how we do it is Mm -hmm. um it helps them understand like we're going to you know mitigate risk for you. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. going to be a partner for you regardless of what happens in the world and mm-hmm. the economy with your business. We can flex up, we can flex down. Mm-hmm. So just building a model that was completely different that than existed mm-hmm. before gave our clients, I think, the confidence to bet on us mm-hmm. and to say, hey, what are our other options? Like we might as well work with this company that's like put a lot of their like heart and soul into it. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure you've experienced this too, but going all in on the business was a really big decision for us. Like we didn't do this as a side hustle. I know side hustles are great. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. But for us, our side hustles were what paid the bills. And that was waitressing on nights and weekends and babysitting and not really having a social life because you're just saving every dollar you have and putting it back in the business. I
0: completely understand that. I mean, I was working at a few different shops, you know, one of them, I was working at a fish shop and I was doing this on the side and I think it, it 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 came to me when it was this moment where it's like my whole life I've 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 noticed and in my whole life there were all these people in my life that would believe in that believed in me and said hey like we believe in you like we believe in you and I looked at that as like um I, I called it a like uh like social equity or you know like it's like a little mm-hmm. piggy bank I had inside of me mm-hmm. and I kept saving this money kept saving this money and there came this moment where it's like, you got to break that bank, take that money and go bet it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I just never really believed in myself. Cause I was like, well, you know, like when you work for somebody, it's safe. Mm-hmm. It's really safe because mm-hmm. if something falls in that company, you can always get a job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, when we started putting stuff together for VNI, that's when it became really real. Cause like, I, do, I mean, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but you know, I'll say it now is, Union Monk Kitchen, like the goal was open V night and then just dissolve the Union Mung Kitchen, you know, because it was because I was kind of embarrassed about it because it was always known as a quote unquote pop up. Everyone's always Mm -hmm. said, oh, hey, like, you know, oh, you guys, you you do that pop up thing, don't you? And it's always felt like we were just we were always being asked to come to the party, but never like Mm -hmm. at the table. Mm -hmm. And so. Our whole thing was, my whole thing was, okay, once we get V and I going, then we'll be, we're, we're, it's like, I felt like Pinocchio, right? I'll be a real boy <laughs> and then, you know? That's how I felt. And, and, and that's what it was. It, so I was like, okay. A good quote. Say, yeah. And it was going to be, okay, I'm going to. And then I think that it was Marshall. You know, Marshall came in and he's like, I think this is a really good brand. We got to keep this. And I'm like, why? Because to me, it was one of the biggest embarrassments. Of like, it, mm. it's, it was never a quote unquote real restaurant. You know, it was always kind of like, that's so cute, kid. You're, you're, you know, you're doing these pop-ups, you know? And every, uh, we would get emails or messages or DMs like, oh, I, I try to look up your location and can't find it. And I'm like, yeah, about that, you know? Mm-hmm. We're and in your heart. We're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> We're everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> um, and, but I, I totally agree. Like, that mm-hmm. was that, that yeah. you got to go better yourself. Mm-hmm. And then while doing that, Marshall was like, let's just keep this yeah. too, like, you know? And and it it does become... So I guess my next question I have for you and as I'm, I'm thinking through is for you and how you were saying that you guys had to take what you were doing and because, you know, you guys were growing bigger and mm-hmm. then kind of replicate yourself mm-hmm. to, 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 your, your, to your team members. And as they go out there, like, was it scary or was it mm-hmm. to, to kind of let go knowing that there's going to be this project and you're not going to be boots on the ground on it, mm-hmm. but hopefully that the vision, mission, values and goals that you built into your staff. They can do it. Like, I don't know. Like I still struggle with that. Mm. Oh,
1: definitely. I mean, as a, as a founder, your personal identity is always going to be intertwined and identified Mm. with your brand. And I learned this at a really early age growing up in a family business where like my name's on the yeah. side mm-hmm. of a car dealership and everyone assumed like, you know, cars. And it's like, I don't know anything yeah. about <laughs> cars. Um, so like I, I had to deal with that really early on. And I think now that it's even more personal for me mm-hmm. because it's my company, um, you have to figure out what your relationship is with that. And mm-hmm. you have to figure out if you do believe in your vision, mission, values, mm-hmm. the plan that you put in place, yeah you spend time hiring the right people and getting the right people on board. Um, it's a lot easier to let go and it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to trust the process. And I also like to give people a little safety net of like, it's going to be okay to fail. Like yeah, they're going to mess stuff up mm-hmm. and you got to give them permission because for 10 years I gave my permission, mm-hmm. myself permission to fail every single day. Mm-hmm. I would never let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're not going to let it happen either but uh, just because it's not Sometimes the growth comes
2: from, like, I mean, the great yeah. story of losing the pitch yeah. caused you to be like, well, let's do this instead. And then yeah. it yeah. became this huge thing for you. Yeah. So yeah. giving
1: people those growth opportunities to grow alongside you, I think that's really what running a business is all about. Like, yes, there's outcomes and mm-hmm. there's numbers mm-hmm. and there's clients, but we're a people powered business. Mm-hmm. We're professional services. Our mm-hmm. people are our greatest assets so really investing in them and letting them know like you believe in them and then being able to step aside and let them step in mm-hmm. to their role and really lead and feel empowered to make decisions and to move forward and to build things and mm-hmm. create things that are their ideas mm-hmm. and to figure out how you can support them. I feel like I'm kind of turning the corner on like that chapter of leadership. That's and so it's so incredible that yeah. you're saying
0: that because I feel like, man, I should be able to let go by now. You know, we're like six years, seven years into this, and I'm like, I should be able to like go. And you're like eleven years into this. You're like, I'm just a turning corner. I'm like, okay, good. Like, you got I'm five not, more years. Like, yeah. Like, I, know, I feel like, okay, I'm not a total control weirdo. Yeah, you know? no. Because no. like I, because like food is so intimate to me, right? Yes. Mm. So like for example, like the first thing I was check in when I go check in with our team at uh, at Gray's at you know with Union Kitchen is I go check out this, the the sticky rice. And if fundamentally we can't make the sticky right rice, right, uh, we can't make the sticky rice right, then we should have no business being here. Mm-hmm. So that's where I go. I, I go into the sticky rice, you know, and I look at it. And I'm like, is it too glutinous? Did they put too much moisture in it? And like to me, that's like so so important. Mm-hmm. And to me, I get so passionate about it because it's it's the thing that when I watch Mom make it she would just care the crap out of it for the rice Mm -hmm. like that was just everything like the basis of mung food starts with rice Mm -hmm. and so if our team doesn't put that amount of care into it like Mm -hmm. my soul like dies Mm -hmm. inside you know Mm -hmm. and i come to this point where like i'm like okay i want to be here every morning i should just be making the rice i don't care (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i struggle with that where i'm like i can't you hear every morning making the rice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the rice is gonna get a little soggy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the rice is gonna be a little dry. And what I need to be able to do, and I'm learning this, is to be like, Hey guys, like let's use more water next time. And then even just walk them over and goes, Hey, taste that. Like you see how it's still kinda dry? That means we don't have enough water or we haven't given enough time to soak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Because at first I would rage inside. I'm like, how, how, (laughs) how the frick don't you care about this? Yeah. But then inside it was just like, then I would just be angry all day. Mm
1: -hmm. You know what you should do? I have an idea for you. Oh boy. Here we go. Um, Is this therapy now? (laughs) (laughs) It can be. So I, I think people learn best through experience and storytelling. Mm -hmm. So if I were you, what really got me with Mm -hmm. what you just shared was the way that you watched your mom make the rice. Mm -hmm. So maybe every new employee you should invite your mom in, Mm -hmm. you should just have them watch her make the rice and Mm -hmm. watch the love and care. It'll click differently for them
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, because you're giving them this experience. You're giving like it's an emotional Mm attachment. Like you have an emotional mm -hmm. memory attached to this like ritual of making the rice. It's not just check checking a box. Mm -hmm. It's actually a ritual and Mm -hmm. it brings up an emotion for you. Mm -hmm. And that's what actually you want your employees to have Mm -hmm. is when I come to work every day, it's not just, I got to make the rice. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a ritual. Like Mm -hmm. I need to prepare for it. I want to take it seriously. Mm -hmm. I want to enjoy it, feel this, you know, all the sensations of like, what does it smell like? What does it feel like? What Mm -hmm. does it sound like? So I think that. That's something that we're building into how we do it. Like for us, mm-hmm. social care and engagement is at the heart of what we do, reading mm-hmm. the comments mm-hmm. to come back to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And that is our core fundamental purpose on social. So if we're not getting up every day and yeah, there are hard days when you don't want to read those comments. Uh-huh. You don't want to respond and you don't want that negativity. But there's also a lot of really good in there, too, where you made somebody's day. You change someone's whole experience. So to like build in some of those at-bats too for people is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, look at the difference that you made today. Mm -hmm. Look at the experience that you were giving somebody else. I think that fundamentally changes how people think not about a job, but as a career. And Mm -hmm. if you want to take it to the next level as a vocation,
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: you know, you were just talking about reading those comments and things. I was thinking about when we had Sarah Edwards on about a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And, and just talking about social media and relating to mental health and mm-hmm. making people sad or, you know, too much time on it or bullying that occurs or whatever, how, how, how do you guys think about that as someone who spends yeah. a lot of time this is your work, you know, this mm-hmm. is something you really care about and you just presented this, like, really beautiful vision of it too for engaging with people and helping them feel good. Mm-hmm. How do you think about that other side of it too?
1: Yeah, I think you have to be really mindful of how you build disconnection and Mm -hmm. no screen time into how you operate as a company, Mm -hmm. there are some parts of our process that are analog, right? Like if we're in a brainstorm, Mm -hmm. it's like me and a whiteboard and like people sitting in a room and we're like coming up with ideas and we're chatting and we're standing up and sitting down and snacking and, um, taking ourselves away from the digital world for a little bit. So it's something we really encourage. We encourage people to take time off. We encourage people to like take a break when they need to. We can't do that for people though, right? Right. Because in addition to being this professional who does it during the day, eight to five, we're also just consumers of content in our own, personal lives, Mm -hmm. right? I want to check in on my personal Instagram and I (laughs) want to watch my Netflix show. And so I think that people just have to create boundaries. Like I'm really big on boundary setting. Um, and just like Mm -hmm. creating moments where you're not looking at your screen and Mm -hmm. you're giving your eyes a break and you're also giving your, you know, mental wellness is really important. Like what are other things that you can do in terms of mindfulness, meditation, mm-hmm. yoga, exercise, even just simply like going and eating a meal with other people, yeah. the mm-hmm. communal aspect. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think that's so nourishing, um, It is to spend it keeps, that time mm-hmm. together. It really
2: keeps you in the present that helped me like click. Um, when I was listening to this podcast from the Atlantic called, um, the art or how to build a happy life. Mm-hmm. and the there's this Harvard professor who teaches happiness course. Oh, yes. <laughs> Arthur Brooks. Is it,
1: oh, Arthur Brooks. I yeah. was thinking Sean Anker. He's yeah. also
2: a – Yeah. But he, he talks about social media briefly, and it was the first time I ever, like, really thought of it because he basically says the science says the only way – the only time that you actually can even experience happiness is, like, present – like, and we're like Homo sapiens—the only people that can think in the future and the past. We can like project in the future and past. Mm-hmm. He says the average person spends something like forty to sixty percent of their day living in their head in the future or in the past. And for high-achieving people, it's up to eighty percent. And said that if you want to be happy, it's like you—you you mm-hmm. really have to like actually be in the present, enjoy that conversation with friends right at the table, mm-hmm. just sitting and like he said, like thinking, like look at that tree, it's beautiful, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But he mentions that um, social media is people talking about what they just did, you're, you're always like pointed backwards at like things that just happened or things that are going to happen or you're thinking in the future what you'd like to do. So it's sort of this machine that always kind of is volleying you back and forth rather than mm-hmm. really being in the present. So that that's helpful too to think like if I'm spending all this time doing this, I do need opportunities to just like be with friends, enjoy conversation, be outside, like be really present with yourself, you know?
1: Yeah, and I've just learned as a leader you have to model that behavior. Mm-hmm. Like when I was starting and bootstrapping and like yep. for years you're just hustle hustle hustling and you know to the point of burnout yeah. um mm-hmm. and that can be really severe and it can also sneak up on you mm-hmm. We oddly enough yeah. like it just is like a slow burn over time and all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like what's going on here yeah. um have you so burned
2: out would you say that i've in definitely life? Yeah. yeah i yeah. definitely
1: have actually hmm. in 2018 we were seven years in i took a two-month sabbatical
2: oh wow Yep. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Um. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> Two months? That's awesome.
1: You know, I'll actually give you kind of like the dark side and the mm-hmm. light side. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the sabbatical was really good for me to reconnect with myself, mm-hmm. but it also felt like a little bit of an escape. Yeah, like I was running from things that I wasn't ready to like
2: Interesting. dive I, I totally into mm-hmm. head on.
1: So the positive yeah. side was I felt like rejuvenated and mm-hmm. I actually like did my sabbatical by inviting like friends and family to like meet with me and travel mm-hmm. with me all around the world. And those were like, you're like travel. Hobo convention.
0: Here we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you
0: yeah. love I Hobo missed, style. Yeah. Shoot, I missed the Hobo convention yeah, that like, year. <laughs> Get Darn. on the train. It was two months of you riding on a train. That's what <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell us, but that was what it was. But it was around oh Europe. Yeah. In classy cafes. Yeah. You're like, I'm a hobo here in Europe. <laughs>
1: oh, um, honestly, the best thing that came out of it was I discovered a hobby. Hobbies are very few and far to to find right now with people in, like, Gen Z. Like, they don't really have a lot of hobbies. Like, I've asked someone, like, do you go on bike rides? Do you go on walks? Uh, Do you paint? You know, what do you like to do? And What was your hobby you discovered? Okay, my hobby I discovered is I like to go surfing.
2: Oh, oh interesting. yeah, yeah. So which you didn't do a lot in Brit, Iowa. I yeah. did
1: not surf in Brit, Iowa.
2: Wow. Yeah. We're not, Someday. you know, the Twin Cities here. That's cool. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, You actually can surf superior, which yeah. I will do
0: How at did some in point in In, in the life. winter, like the cold ones, you know what I'm talking about? Where seen they the... like come out yeah. as icicles yeah. pretty yeah. much. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Oh. I'm
1: just like, what would that feel like? How did like?
0: you like discover that or learn yeah. it?
2: Like you get good at it. You just took lessons? Yeah, wow. I
1: Picked all of my locations to be places where I could surf and it was like kind of an inside joke between me and a friend who I was like surf culture is just like bro and you know there's nothing to it and um, he's like have you ever gone like. Don't diss it if you've yeah. never gone surfing. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. And then I fell in love. And I really think it's because of the With a
3: presence. surfer or with surfing? <laughs> oh. oh, sorry, surfing, sorry, surfing. sorry. She's like, yes. I mean, <laughs> honestly, yes. <yeah. laughs>
0: his Should name was Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we met in Long
1: Beach. <laughs>
0: that was, uh, you know. Oh,
1: man, that's good. Um... But, yeah, I think what what draws me to surfing and has for the past four years, I just got back from three weeks in Nicaragua, and it mm-hmm. was incredible, wow. um, is there's nothing like being out in the water. You are yeah. mm. disconnected. You're not um, on your phone. You're in the elements, mm-hmm. literally. Like, mm-hmm. you're in the water. You're watching the waves come in. Um, there's birds, sometimes there's dolphins and rainbows, the sun's rising, the sun's setting. Um, and it's truly unlike anything, um, that I've ever done before in my life. And then when you're like actually surfing on a wave and you're Mm -hmm. feeling like the power of the water, it's just, it's just incredible. So for me, that was like an amazing discovery to be like, Oh, I have this thing outside of work that Mm -hmm. I'm like passionate about and I want to do, and I want to like go on these trips every year and, Um, it's just giving, it gives your life more round and wholeness, like more purpose and meaning outside of just working all of the time. I think that's very much our culture here. It's like work, 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 work Um, and then be
2: passionate about Netflix and and Instagram. Yeah. I love what I
1: do and Mm -hmm. I love working and I like working hard, Mm -hmm. but I also love to just do other things and talk about things, not work related. Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's
0: good. (laughs) So, Oh, sorry. There's a question I want to ask mm-hmm. you because I get I get asked this and I kind of like just brush it off sometimes. Okay. Uh, so you're the CEO of your company, mm-hmm. and I've uh, I think I forgot where I read, but what they, you know, you you're the visionary for mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. How do you define that word visionary? Because somebody said. Some writer somewhere put that once by my name and my friends make fun of me a little bit about it. I don't know. They're like, oh, you're the visionary. I literally never make fun of you. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> these are these are the friends who make fun of me. Like, oh, visionary, you? Yeah? Um, I think my friends make fun of me because it's like, oh, we used to do stupid things in uh, college together and now you're a visionary? Um, how how do you define the word visionary? Mm. Oh, it's a hard question. Mm-hmm. I don't think
1: I've ever defined it. Yeah. Um, but I think you, you see things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, you see the world different. I I feel like I actually see the world differently, um, and see opportunities and make connections in really interesting ways. I think everybody does that, but in terms of being a North star in this business Mm -hmm. and seeing what opportunities are ahead for us, for us, um, I do feel like I take that role very seriously Mm -hmm. that like, I want to continue looking ahead. Um, I want to continue helping our team like envision what's possible. I guess maybe that's what visionary Mm -hmm. means is like, what's possible Um, Mm -hmm. possible? and always like kind of living in that wonder and curiosity of what's next and how will that impact us and what are we going to do about it? And how are people going to feel when that happens? Mm -hmm. What are the ramifications Mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen or something goes wrong? But yeah, I really think it's like the possibility of what could be, um, where are we going? What could we become? And then how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. So I'd I say that's maybe that's my that's off the cuff definition no. of visionary.
2: Well, impossibility.
0: Yeah, I think that that's so. I mean, it's given me like kind of like a start because when I get asked that, I'm like, oh no, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna cook food. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. man. What's up, bro? Whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, you but know? you came up with the idea of well, well, what if I could feed people this type of food, right? And what if I then could have pop-ups where mm-hmm. I could do that? And then what if I went into graze? And what if I started a restaurant? It's like the what ifs, mm-hmm. then that you explore and go deeper and then it actually becomes real. The
2: possibilities, but, yeah. yeah. yeah I, mm-hmm. I,
0: You know, I would love to say that's the romantic version of it, <laughs> but it was more like, oh, we need to figure out the next step because <laughs> if we don't, then we'll, we'll shut down, you know? And I, I think that... Being in the pandemic really helped, you know, like kick me in the butt in that a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know? Yeah. Where it was like, it became part of that survival mode too, but then... Necessity um, is the mother of invention, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of that idea, but I also am starting to realize that, I'll be honest, when I when we all first started this, I just didn't want any responsibility. Like, I, I you know, because <laughs> somebody kept saying, uh, how does it feel to be the voice for Hmong food, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm just a kid who just wants to, you know, grill food and, you know. And then eventually there becomes this, I don't want to call it burden, but there becomes this responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. and I get that. And I think for me the clicking moment was when um, there was a mom, she, Hmong mom from... North Carolina, or she sent me an email or message or something like that and said, um, uh, my son looks up to you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he wants, you know, to, to cook and mm-hmm. he watches your mm-hmm. videos. He reads your articles and he really looks up to you. And, um, if we ever are in the twin cities, would you, can, can you meet him or, you know, would you meet us? And, and that's when it hit me hard where I'm like, Holy crap. I didn't realize that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people, you know, kids really, um, looked looked up to me or whatever and then i think the aha moment happened when she was like um she kind of basically just said there's no he doesn't have people that look like him mm-hmm. that's doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and that to me became this thing of you know like not just being a cook and whatever but what it means to be mong, mm-hmm. and that changed a lot you yeah. know and so yeah. um and I still struggle with that too, you know, yeah. because it's like, I don't like, I. this is my path and this is what I do. And, mm-hmm. but really like I, I, you know, like I said, it's hard to carry the, both the worlds because sometimes, because in, in the Hmong world, it's very about the, the greater of the whole. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of Eastern culture, you know, mm-hmm. Western culture is it's about the individual. Right. Yeah. And so like straddling those two worlds, sometimes like I get confused, you know, like mm-hmm. which, where do I lean, you know? And so, that's why that word visionary sometimes to me is really hard to define because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to speak for our people, but then it's like, you have some responsibilities yeah. here. You know? yeah. So,
1: I think though that what you've tapped into is like your higher purpose, maybe as a person, mm-hmm. and then your vision for the company mm-hmm. supports that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The difference between a purpose and a goal, right? Mm-hmm. A purpose is something that will continue forever. Mm-hmm. A goal is one way to get there. Like, one step in the journey. So I think if you think about it that way, like, I've, I've gone through this journey as an entrepreneur of, like, some days I've woken up and mean like, I run a social media agency. Mm, like, how do I feel about that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I think of, like, actually my purpose is, like, creating jobs for people and, like, mm-hmm. creating this ecosystem of entrepreneurs and giving people the power to, like, do what they want in life. Mm-hmm. So I am actually putting all of my energy into building a workplace. We happen to do social media. Yeah. We happen to do it really well and have amazing clients mm-hmm. that I never want to take for granted. But my purpose isn't that. Yeah, That's the means that gets me to my purpose, which is every single one of the people that work for me, I want them to have the greatest opportunity that they've ever had to do what they want to do mm-hmm. at The Socialites. And if I can accomplish that, like, I feel like my purpose is being met. Yeah. But the out- output is content calendars. That's
2: really good, no, though. No. You know? That's a great um, distinction. But
1: I think, like, yeah, you have to live in both worlds. Like, mm-hmm. they're both really important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't think you have to just be one or the other. I mm-hmm. think we love to do that as a society. Like, mm-hmm. pick, mm-hmm. choose one side or the other. And it's like, no, you actually kind of need both of them. But for me, what drives me and what keeps me passionate about what I do is the purpose. It's not yeah. the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not the outcome. It's not yeah. the metric. Um, there has to be something like deeper within me, mm-hmm. but also like higher and further out in front of me mm-hmm. that I'm like.
2: That's really good. Kind of aiming yeah.
1: towards. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: next week I will set an appointment for you and I to keep talking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That that's up, great. Up, that's the that's therapy great. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. So we're going to ask you these quick fire questions.
1: Okay. Here we go.
0: I'll do the first one.
2: Okay. Well, you, you already answered a little bit. What did mom and dad do?
1: Uh, yes, worked in a family business. Yep. My mom actually worked for State Farm growing up. Oh, cool. uh, And okay. then she joined the family business nice. when she had all four kids. She's yeah. like, all right, I'm going to actually <laughs> be one and the same. Cool.
0: Uh, what's your go-to album to listen to?
1: Ooh, go-to album. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what it would be that... Wouldn't it be embarrassing to share on a podcast? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's honestly, in Kanto, isn't it? Sharing- <laughs> I just watched that movie. It's good. Loved it. Yeah. Um, go to album or song. Whatever. Okay. Um, I mean, this morning I put on the Head and the Heart.
0: Oh yeah. But usually it's that.
1: actually the Staves. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, great. The Staves. I don't know
2: them. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, favorite country you visited?
1: Ooh. So. Portugal, but mm. specifically uh, the Azores. Okay. They're the islands that are in the middle yeah. of the Atlantic Ocean. It's right
0: by the Ozarks, right? <laughs> it is. I think uh,
2: Azores <laughs> is where Jason Bateman... Like, yeah. Um, the
1: Hawaii of Europe.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> is that what it's called? Interesting. I
1: mean, that's how people reference it. Because it's like, you
2: know... That's a
0: great answer. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Um. Uh, what do you like most about living in the Twin Cities?
1: What do I like most about living in the Twin Cities... I mean, I love our summer and falls. Like, fall yeah. is my favorite time of year. Yeah, yeah. Best, spring. Best yeah. four weeks ever. <laughs> um, but I love the lakes. Yeah. I love going wake surfing in the summer. Because oh, really
2: wow. you're into surfing
0: now. Because yeah, surfing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, if you were not running a social media agency, what would you be doing? What's another, like, alternate reality profession?
1: Yeah, I think I would be doing something within travel Um, mm-hmm. without turning, like, my passion into my job. I think that there's something there, like, Leading retreats for people, like, kind of bringing them deeper into their mm-hmm. understanding of who they are, but through, like, a professional lens. I think That's that'd cool. be, yeah. yeah, maybe I should do that you should. Yeah, that sounds good, like great. Yeah, you want to go on a surf trip? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: I don't know how to surf. I'm not good. I have tried it twice and I died. Uh,
0: what's a lesson you wish you learned earlier in life?
1: Um... I'm someone who doesn't take myself too seriously in my personal life, but mm. I would say doing that in my professional life, wow, I was yeah. wound up pretty tight mm-hmm. for like so many years of just like hustle, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. which I would have just like relaxed a little and give myself a beat to just like breathe mm-hmm. and be yeah, and not just have to do and go all the time. Yeah,
0: I totally, yeah, I was like thinking about that the other day because I've come to this one point where I feel like, like in my professional life, it's like, I love the fact that I'm like, it sounds weird, but like I'm driven by fear. You know, it sounds really weird, but it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anxiety, fear and all that stuff is mm-hmm. like kind of gives me an edge and it makes me, mm-hmm. gives me clarity and stuff. And so like when I'm going to bed, I have like anxiety about, okay, what what do we need to knock out tomorrow? What emails do I need to send out? Who do I need to respond to? And then it's like, you wake up, you wake up early and you're like, I can't fall back asleep because I'm thinking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it becomes this like weird partner and it's it's probably not healthy at all you know but it's just like i'm like well i just want to relax today and I, i i can't but then, like, you know, you're right. Like, in my personal life, I'm like, whatever, dudes. Let's do whatever. Yeah. But then in my professional life, I'm like, dude, like, everyone. Like, we're on the edge. Let's do this. I love mm-hmm. that you
2: call it a partner. It's like, hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, that's my theme song. <laughs>
1: Honestly, it's actually a really good, here's a little tip. Yep. It's good to personify a feeling. Be like, hey, fear, what's going on? What are mm-hmm. you doing here? Yeah, and he's like, you just form oh, a relationship I'm here for with you. It. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just a lot of information you can learn about yourself by mm-hmm. inviting that in and not, like, Resisting it, but being like, "Okay, it's here. What? What's up? Like, are we gonna have a conversation? Are we gonna confront this? Yeah. Or are you gonna go away?" That same
2: podcast I told you about, Arthur Brooks says that he's like any yes. negative emotion. The moment that you recognize it and say, "Like, oh, that's like that's anxiety," mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden it's it's different. It's exactly. like conceptualizing. It's like a thing. That's you yeah. Can it's like, more tangible. You can then, deal with you can it. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. So naturally, from anxiety, we'll go straight to sunrise or sunset.
1: Ooh, <laughs> sunset.
0: Sunset. Yeah. yeah. I love a
1: sunrise, but sunsets, hands down, my favorite. Sunset,
0: over a beach, probably you're on your surfboard. Probably surfing. Yeah,
1: I will say my favorite sunset I've ever watched is in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah. so beautiful.
0: Have you gone to, like, North Shore Hawaii surfing? I
1: have. Okay, I was there in... June. Okay. So summer, it's flat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's in like the fall winter time. Yeah, like yeah. But I big... was in
1: Haleiwa, yeah, um, which is the town in North Shore. Yeah. Um, and then we went to all the famous beach breaks. Yeah. Um, That's but where yeah, I'll... completely flat. I did surf Waikiki. Yep um the small waves in the that, front. that's
0: so corporate um, that's where all the tourists that's so to. corporate yeah. yeah. yep. where i bet sure
1: i bet but you yeah. know what it was yeah. awesome i mean surfing Sorry. in hawaii <laughs> if you're in yeah. the surfing world that is yeah. like the mecca that yep. is the homeland yep. you must mm. that's go. your super bowl yeah yeah it is it was really special
0: that's so cool uh last meal what would it be
1: Ooh, my last meal I mean probably something That my mom cooked um, yeah. Or my yeah. dad I'd have like my dad Maybe he loves to smoke meat So I'd like mm-hmm. have him Smoke some like pulled pork And then mm-hmm. my mom Would make all the sides And mm-hmm. we'd have like A three hour dinner Because my family Just gathers around the kitchen And mm-hmm. the dinner table And That's awesome That'd be great
2: Okay it's the last one Okay Favorite chain restaurant
1: <laughs> Oh I don't like Chain restaurants But you have um, to have At least okay. one yeah, favorite right Do you, okay, do you, what do you my like go one Okay I to Um, I guess, like, my guilty pleasure would be topper sticks.
2: Yes!
0: Whoa, okay. (laughs) That's
2: what
1: I'm talking
0: about. In college? I don't think we've ever gotten that answer. No,
1: actually, I discovered toppers after
0: college. Oh, no, the best. Thankfully. The best was in college. I went to school at UWL, UW Lacrosse, and every, like, every year when they start, what they do is you get these, like, uh, coupons where it was, like, buy one, get one free topper sticks. And so it's like okay, you gather up like ten dudes, and you're like okay, we're gonna use these. So for like three dollars each person, you can yeah. just get a bunch of topper sticks. Oh yeah, this- have
1: you ever ordered the like triple size topper sticks where the box like doesn't even fit in your no. fridge? Oh uh, wow, yeah. So yeah, I'm not gonna even. Admit. Because uh, the stop,
0: topper the stick is basically pizza cheese pizza without sauce.
1: Yeah, but they're cut in little yeah. dippable things and then they send this garlic butter oh, sauce yeah. that you have to literally shake up. Because
0: Absolutely.
1: Have you ever. You're just swollen the next morning, yeah. but you feel so satisfied. Gently bloated. Have yeah. you ever eaten <laughs> yeah.
0: topper sticks the next day? Cold has been sitting out. <laughs> I
1: have. Yeah. Yes. I have, have you ever
0: eaten I topper sticks? too. That you don't know how long it's been out. No, yep. because
1: topper sticks after like twelve hours they gotta go.
0: Nope, nope. I th- they, I, they still <laughs> they still have a shelf. One life. thing I love just
2: about humans. I mean, we we're, we're like a hundred. We've recorded like a hundred <laughs> episodes and we've never heard that answer. Yeah, like, I just love <laughs> right? that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just funny. i like, okay, like that's great for me. I love that.
1: Food is nourishing. Yeah. yeah. So I like I I eat my fair share of junk food and yeah. and whatnot, but like yeah, I don't do a lot of chain things. But that's my. Go to bougie. Please. I get it. You know, I'm really we're, not. We're, the whole time <laughs> we live you're... in the city. I live here in Northeast. Yeah. This is my. This is my so shopping grounds. when
0: when you were talking about how you know you we had to bootstrap everything, I'm like, yeah, but that was like a Gucci boot, though. <laughs> <I was> kidding. <laughs> you're like, we had to oh bootstrap. I'm like, sure, with red wings, but no, I was <laughs> no, kidding. No, oh
1: I'm my kidding. god, <laughs> yeah. Well, you should have seen my bank account two years oh, ago.
0: <laughs> have you, I I one time I had this moment. I remember when we first started. I was like. Do I eat or does my car eat?
1: (laughs) Oh, I've had people ask me that too. How do you live on that budget? I'm like, I don't know any different. So like Mm -hmm. someday I'm going to. I'm starting to get like a little taste of like actually like living and doing all my things and like not worried about checking Mm -hmm. the bank account. No, when you said that the
2: Azores, that was your favorite. I was like, okay, so it's not, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That honestly, that I've discovered on Instagram and it's not that hard to get to. Oh, nice! Yeah, so direct flights from Boston.
0: Here, Uh-oh. here's the other thing too, where people, out. when people, because like on our. I guess on my title thing, it says CEO or whatever of Hill Tribe mm-hmm. LLC. And so people just think that because you have the title CEO, we're flying around on private jets. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. dude, no. dude, I fly economy. Oh <laughs> my gosh. You know, like I yes. fly stop, stop. Yes. It's like, a
1: perfect example though. Like, especially being like a 22 year old that started yeah. a company, it was so frustrating yeah. for me when people would like throw all of those comments mm-hmm. in my face and I would be like, I'm living on a shoestring budget. Yeah, yeah, I am not yeah, living a yeah. glamorous life. So Versace, like, it's Versace like this dichotomy Sitchi. where you're like, I'm just stuck. Yeah, no, I know. Like, and,
0: and that's the thing too. And even, even like, we've been very blessed to be able to do a couple of TV things. My family thinks I get paid to go on like WCCO. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, don't they pay you to go on the news? I'm like, Mom, that's the news. Yeah. No. they like, Don't they pay you to do that? I'm like. No. I actually had to bring my own material there. It paid in exposures. Yeah. yeah. Oh so yes. yeah. We had, yeah. yeah
2: we well, just have, for the record, it was Chanel, that. so just <laughs> yeah. Mm. perfect. Yeah. I think I think yours was Clark's or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mine's
0: like uh what is it? Uh what is it? Everlast, you know? <laughs> Everlast whatever like the payless brand is. <laughs> yeah. Emily, thanks
2: a lot for yeah. coming on. Hey, thanks you guys. And that was so fun. It was cool to hear yeah. your story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I what are you doing?
0: Emily, I just think you're badass. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously, when I looked through your resume, as I read more about you, I was just truly kind of inspired, Mm. you know, and just to, you know, it's like one of those people where I'm like, I just want to have coffee with and just say, let's just share war stories type, you know, (laughs) where it's like, you know, and, and, but I, I am just truly inspired by you and I love the way that you're helping define what social media means. Mm Because that sometimes is a very dirty word, you know, Mm -hmm. where like people are like, oh, wait, what? You're an influencer? What do you do? You know? Mm -hmm. And, but you, you, your your company, you guys are really just honing it down. And and Mm -hmm. I see that because that's the same thing when we're talking about food and You know, sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, like I love Asian food. I'm like, you know, Asia is a pretty big continent, Mm -hmm. you know, and just really telling stories. Russia. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you guys are doing that with socialites. It's just helping telling people's stories, being their voice and helping them, and that's just so amazing and so cool. So I'm just like, I don't know. Like when I kind of read through your resume and read about what you're doing, I'm like, we got to get this person in here. Well, thanks. I had such a blast. You guys
1: are hilarious. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah,
2: appreciate you coming on. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the White and Rice Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and subscribe. That really helps. You can find us online at com and across social media at White and Rice Pod. Thanks again for listening.